0: knowing that you're made for more is really like knowing you're made for more than just showing up and being a passenger in your life.
1: Welcome to The Found Podcast with Molly Knuth, a podcast for women who are founding and getting found with their businesses online. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and my mission is to help women rewrite how we live and work on our own terms. We want to grow families, impact others for the better, and be a positive force in our communities, but we also want to have a fulfilling life, you know? In the past six years, I've gone from being a stay-at-home mom to a freelance social media marketer to a hashtag boss babe, managing client needs, talented team members, and my husband and four kiddos on our little farm here in Eastern Iowa. And what I've learned in that time is that it's not just about going full force or any one size fits all strategy for a business owner. It takes you leaning into your unique gifts, intuition, and goals, and learning who you are as a person along the way to founding this business. So come along for lessons and stories from female founders growing and scaling their businesses through energetics, tried and true tactics, and high vibe personal growth. Be ready to get found. Hello, listener. Welcome back to another episode of The Found Podcast. Oh man, you guys are gonna love this one. Our guest today is Emily Russell, And if you haven't met her yet, oh man, are you in for a treat? Emily is so open and honest and energetic and just motivating. And I know that when you listen to her tell her story and talk about the power of habit and the power of change and the seasonality of life, and in today's episode, we don't just talk about the good sides of all that. We talk about the hard and the struggles and the downs. And Emily just shares it all. She's a farmer's wife, a mom of two, an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, podcast host, leader of retreats and masterminds. And her goal is to help rural women find their truest, most aligned goals and priorities. And Emily doesn't make it a secret. She is a lifelong rule follower box checker, high achiever. And she had that tug, that inner knowing at various points throughout her life that told her that she was meant for something different. And she followed that intuition in step with community to help her now lead rural women to do the same. Her goal is to help women get clear on what they want, release that inner dialogue that tells them something is impossible, and go after goals that keep them awake at night without giving up on that small town life that they love. And I know that's going to hit so many of you listeners right in the feels. And I just, I'm so proud to give this episode out to the world because it is truly a gem. So let's dig in with my new friend, Emily Russell. Well, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, oh, So we've already been talking for, okay, 11 minutes now, and <laughs> we haven't hit record yet. But listeners, you are just going to love Emily so much. Today's episode, I already know, is going to be like just a chat between friends, and you guys get to be a fly on the wall. But Emily, why don't I let you go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're about, and then we'll dive in from
0: there. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Okay, my name is Emily Russell. I live here in West Central Illinois on my husband's family farm. We grow corn, soybeans, cover crops, a couple farm kids, all that shenanigans. Um, I did not grow up in agriculture though. I actually grew up outside of St. Louis in what I thought was a small town. I always envisioned that I would be a teacher. I went to school for education found myself a farmer. And how cute is that? The teacher and the farmer, like all American dream. But that wasn't actually the plan for my life. Um, It definitely made sense at the time. But even when I was in the classroom, I had this inner knowing that there was something else for me. I just could not have at that time known what it looked like. So through a series of events, um, leaving the classroom, Serving in the non space for several years, embarking on my own health journey, getting into personal growth kind of led me down a domino effect to get to where I am now as a full-time entrepreneur, content creator, public speaker, podcaster, insert 200 more adjectives to describe what I do. Side note, my favorite thing is listening to my husband try to describe to someone what I do.
1: Or your kids.
0: It's the best. It's uh, the best. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. um, My kids just think I have a bunch of meetings, which is not inaccurate, but uh, (laughs) my husband thinks that I work for Instagram. Not really. He just doesn't know how to describe it. But anyway, um, but the through line in what I do in the work that I'm so passionate about is helping rural women along their personal and professional growth journeys. Go from this feeling of unsettledness, like there's just something that they they want to change, like an inner rumbling, a calling that is on their heart, whether they're aware of it or not. And then going from that to like truly unstoppable forces in the world that are transforming rural communities from the inside out. So through masterminds and retreats, I'm bringing together these just absolutely rock star women from small towns connected to agriculture, I said, in rural communities, and helping them get clear on what they actually want, and then building the tools, habits, confidence, and support system to fully step into it.
1: Oh, this is going to be so good! I like. <laughs> I just am, like smile and listening to you. Like, oh yeah, I have so many people
0: in this listenership who are going to be like, "That's me." That's me, oh, right. and that's the biggest so thing. That's the biggest thing that when I had the moment where I started looking for representation of me on social media, you know, like I said, I didn't grow up in agriculture. And although I have some incredible friends from college and, you know, different seasons of my life, I didn't necessarily have a lot of people who knew what it was like to be in the thick of harvest or to like sign your life away while buying a piece of land. So I started looking online for people who understood that part of my life. And then as I went through my own, like I said, health and personal growth journey, I wasn't seeing that reflected in, in those types of spaces. I was in these different like personal development related Facebook groups and following, you know, Mel Robbins and, and Rachel Hollis and Jenna Kutcher and all of that. But I'm like, okay, that's great. But they don't know what it's like to do that. And also be in a small town where I feel like I'm the only person around here who cares about something like that. Mm-hmm. And whether or not that's true, that that feeling of isolation that already exists in a rural community and then magnify that times a hundred with like, wow, I have these really big goals for my life. And that's what really got me into the work I'm doing today. It's just like recognizing that need to really help rural women invest in themselves and invest in their goals and dreams.
1: Oh, this is so good. And I think that, no, I think it's something (laughs) that a lot of people listening will be able to identify with because like you just said, there's something to say about personal growth and development and how it's accessible for anybody who wants to put the time and the work in. But like you said, I mean, that's different when it's the middle of October Mm -hmm. and your husband, if he's the primary farmer in the operation, like if he's working 12 hour days, like I don't have time to go and like do some of the things that I know are good Mm -hmm. for me all the time. Mm -hmm. And there's just differences. And I love that you brought up that feeling of how in rural communities, when it's small, you can feel so alone and so isolated. If you're the only person you know of who thinks differently than Mm -hmm. the collective. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I love about the social media movement and technology, because it allows us. Even though we can be so far away and from like teeny tiny little map dots, you can connect and find people who care about the things you care about, Mm -hmm. who have visions that align with yours, maybe even the people who can collaborate. And that wasn't available to women even Mm -hmm. 20 years ago. And so it's like, what a time, what a time to be alive, but people like yourself, (laughs) like people like yourself are leading in this space so that women can find that no matter if they live in these big communities or these tiny little towns so that they can find the purpose that they long for.
0: Right. Right. And then I, I think that we also do underestimate how many people around us might actually be on that same trajectory. So the more grounded we get, in what we're doing, the more confidently we step into what we're meant for, like that brings women in our communities alongside with us, that inspires them to tap into their own inner knowing and pursue the dreams on their heart. Um, I actually just said this in a podcast episode that I recorded last night, like if we want cool stuff to happen in our small towns, someone has to stand up and do something different that's never been done before. And so when we invest in ourselves and our growth and and kind of build those muscles, that is not only an investment in ourselves and our families, but really our communities at whole.
1: Mm. Okay. We're gonna dive so much in, but I'm curious to know. So you talked about that inner knowing a couple of times already. And I just have you read the book Untamed by Glenn Doyle? Oh. Yes. Okay. Cause okay. I just read it for the second time. And so that was like what kept coming out. You know, mm-hmm. you read a book and then a different thing pops out to you every time mm-hmm. you read it, but that knowing she writes it in the book with a capital K. And so when you said it, I was like, Oh, it's like a little pink, but tell me about that moment when that inner knowing kind of chimed in, you're in the classroom, mm-hmm. you're in the thick of motherhood in mm-hmm. agriculture. Is there like a specific moment or a catalyst that you can attribute that to that your inner knowing was like, okay, we have to make a change. We have Mm -hmm. to go this different route.
0: Yeah, I think that that's uh, amazing because I can identify a few different instances where that was present before I really even had conscious awareness around it. Um, The first, and I'm going to give you a few different examples that kind of show what my journey has been like. The first one is I remember being in my first classroom. I was in a school in Southern Illinois, a very high performing, incredible district. And I was a good teacher. Like I loved education, but I remember one day my students had left. I walked out of the classroom and I remember standing in the hallway and being like, I don't remember if it was a, is this it? But there was something that was like, something's not right. And I remember immediately, like in my mind, going through like, well, what else could I do? And there was nothing that came to mind. And so I was like, okay, moving on. Like went back, (laughs) went back into the classroom, and was like, that was a weird thought. Like I'm supposed to be a teacher. I'm really good at it, and I love it. Like push that down and move forward. And so then we moved back to the farm, and I was in a very cute little classroom in a small school district up here, actually. The, the teacher whose classroom I took over, her name was also Mrs. Russell or related to her. So I was like living oh out this legacy as like the new Mrs. Russell, right? So cute. Um, went through that school year, pregnant with my son, went on maternity leave, went into summer, like best planning ever, right? Like the longest maternity mm-hmm. leave a teacher can get is to have a baby in March. And in July, I was standing in my parents' kitchen, randomly scrolling Facebook, like had not been looking for a job, had never been thinking I would do anything outside of teach in this school district. And I happened to see uh an ad pop up from our local YMCA advertising a program director position. And I am not kidding full body like tingle chills experience. And I was like, um, okay. And so on a whim, applied, interviewed, got the job, told my superintendent I wasn't coming back like two weeks before school started. Like, the most wild experience. And I remember sitting in my office that first day putting away all these like school supplies that I had brought from my classroom. And my, my boss is like, you don't have to bring your own pens. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he was like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, I don't know. Three weeks ago I thought I was going to be teaching for the rest of my life. Like I have no freaking clue. Mm-hmm. No clue whatsoever. And gosh, that job was like truly life changing for me. It is where I I just was put into situations where I learned so many different things I never had had the opportunity to do in the classroom, like accounting, HR, marketing, fundraising, um, just all sorts of stuff. And I threw my whole heart and soul into it. I lived and breathed that job and it was so transformational for me. But I got to this point of extreme burnout, which now looking back was not only burnout, but also I had grown past what the position could provide, um, and there was no way I could change what I was doing enough to make me happy any longer, which was very weird to come to terms with because I actually loved my job, and again, I was good at it. I was surrounded by great people. I had super flexible work hours, like check, 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 all the boxes. But I became increasingly miserable within my own heart, and so I I remember a conversation I had with one of my coworkers in my office where. I was like, you know, she had even kind of called me out. Like, you're not doing the things you used to be able to do. Like, you're kind of slacking, basically. Like, good friend called me out. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm supposed to be here anymore. And I hadn't said those words out loud yet. Oh, wow. And she was like, okay, so are you just going to like change jobs every three or four years? And I was like, why not? Maybe. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. actually, maybe, maybe, maybe there is a change I'm meant to have. And so, you know, I had explored then a whole bunch of different options. Um, You know, I am in a rural community. And so any other job transfer would have required me driving 45 minutes in the opposite direction. That didn't seem like it made sense. So of course, coming off of COVID, there was more online opportunities than ever. And I'm like, this is great. I, you know, actually got pretty far into applying for like an online nonprofit. I'm like, this is going to, you know, skills transfer, this would be mm-hmm. great. And I just kept having this feeling of like, this doesn't make sense either. And it was my husband who was like, you've been kind of doing this online sharing thing. And I think that there's something in there you're meant to do. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, I don't know how to, I, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. Um. And so that's when I went to my very first retreat. And it was in that moment that I was like, oh, I don't even know what this is going to look like, but yeah, I need to go all in. And I told my boss the next day I was leaving. I ended up staying for a few months to, you know, tie up loose ends and Mm -hmm. get the next person transitioned. But yeah, it was a, it was a moment where it took being in a room with other women who understood where I was going, could see the vision before I even could. And we're like, you have something here and you don't have to know exactly how it's getting to pan out to know that you can, you can create with what you've started. So yeah, talk about awkward conversations and the little ladies at the Y would be like, so what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, I think I might start a podcast and I really wanna speak. And like some people think I might be good at coaching and I have this habit challenge, but like I had no plans. I was just like, and I'm not saying that that's the smartest way to do it. I'm not saying that everyone can just up and leave their job with literally no game plan. Thankfully, like we were in a position that I had room to fail and figure it out. And it was my husband's idea, but it was like truly like a series of divine interventions or, or those moments of knowing where it was like, before I even had the awareness to know what that was, like my intuition or God, or my inner knowing, or whatever that is in the world, like had been guiding me along this path exactly as I was meant to in the way it was supposed to happen.
1: Mm, That is, and what I hear as you're sharing that is those moments of knowing, you trusting those moments and saying, okay, I'm going to go for it. And also I could hear that you almost like, you have these people who know you enough to know when something's off, or like you talked about in your friend at the Y, like call you out in a good way, but like they see something in you. So in that story, I hear the inner knowing. I also hear the support that you have in community. And I know that community is something that's very important to you. So we'll get to that in a little bit, but I, I just keep hearing as you share that story of these like stepping stones that get you to where you are today. And it has so much to do with you trusting that intuition Mm -hmm. and having the supportive community around you. Absolutely. Mm. Okay. So let's dig in a little bit into some of those those things you put into practice, even when you didn't know how this was going to all come together. And I know that one thing I've been talking a lot about that really stands out to me that you offer is your habit challenge, the You Do Mm -hmm. You 82. So tell us a little bit about how did you bring that to life? And why was it that you wanted to talk about habits to get Mm -hmm. rural women to live out their big goals?
0: Absolutely. Okay. So we have to rewind again.
1: (laughs) No, that's good. I I love context.
0: I feel like we're going, we're just like rewinding back to like a very specific time of my life. But in 2019, August of 2019, I was six months postpartum with my daughter, my second. I had just come off of... 12 weeks of summer camp. So I literally went from maternity leave to staff training my first day back to work um where I was overseeing like 100 campers, 15-ish staff members, 12 weeks of the summer, 7:30 to 5:30, like 60 hour or so work weeks. I was pumping 8 times a day. I have this newborn, I have this toddler. I am Depleted in every single sense of the term. Like there is nothing left to give. I'm literally giving like my body, Mm -hmm. mind, soul, and spirit to everything external. And, you know, in addition to just like the funkiness we feel in our bodies after we have babies. And I was like, Mm -hmm. this is not, this is not what I wanted my life to look like. Gosh, I'm like going to cry. Ew, why? Not you. Not that crying's bad, but like didn't see that coming. But I just had this moment of like, this isn't what I wanted my life to look like. Something has to be different. And I knew at that time, like, I can't approach this in any way I ever have before. I can't get on the elliptical in the gym in college and try to like, you know, elliptical my way into being smaller or whatever. Like, ew, Mm -hmm. I was just not interested in participating in anything that diet culture had to offer. I was like, I am a girl mom now. And I need to figure out what it looks like to love myself into feeling better than I feel. And so that's when I jumped into my health journey and like right around the exact same time, like got slammed into even figuring out what personal development was. I remember the moment I listened to my very first podcast ever. It was a rainy morning. I was getting ready and I was like, where has this been all my life? Um at that time I was driving all over Timbuktu for daycare and work and so I was just like consuming personal growth related podcasts like it was my job. And pairing that with like this new health journey where I learned that I couldn't hate myself into being any other way. I couldn't shame myself into doing better and that habits was the really the building block to like lay out a roadmap to get to feeling the way I wanted to feel, to like change my energy levels, to change the way my body felt. And I'm not talking about like fitting in the same size or a certain size pants. I just wanted to feel better. I wanted to feel healthy. I wanted to feel strong. And so that's when I learned the ins and outs of like setting goals and getting intentional with journaling about them every day, building habits, changing habits, like that 1% better mentality and just like the most specific example of that in that time period is like i went from being literally the opposite of a runner to running a half marathon in 6 months i i lost like almost 60 pounds but the transformation like that's like the last thing i tell people is like i from the inside out learned how to take care and love myself through habits to feel the way that i wanted to feel and so in that time period i i went through this Very popular end of year habit challenge. Um, The following year, so that would have been 2020, I was like, wow, this was super transformational. I would love to bring some friends and family along with me. That spiraled into like this Facebook group that grew by the hundreds. And in January, people were like, that was so great. Like, let's keep going. And I'm like, I'm really bored of those habits because it was one of those things like do these specific five things and you'll feel differently, which was true, but I had already mastered it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we looked at uh, several other different avenues, like 75 hard and some other things, but nothing made sense for everyone. Inclusivity is one of my core values. And I just could not lead a community through things that I knew were going to intentionally leave people out. I wanted something that a stay at home mom could do, or someone in like a sweet seat executive position could do like whatever the span of what that looked like. But I wanted us to do it together. And so that's where You Do You 82 was created. You Do You was something I had been saying in the group exercise classes that I ended up teaching because COVID made us all do weird things. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, oh, here's this like squat, but if that doesn't feel right, you could um, modify it this way or you can make it harder this way. Like You Do You, it's your workout. 82 just so happened to be like halfway in between 75 and 90, which were like the numbers of the challenges we had been (laughs) contemplating. Um, and it's like around that three-month mark that when we're intentional with our habits, they kind of stick. And so that's where it began. That was like such a long-winded explanation to explain where it came from. But basically, UDU82 you you is a personalized habit challenge where you choose six habits to intentionally build or break through the lens of progress over perfection. Um, and it can be related to anything. It could be like super health focus with nutrition or movement or water. It could be with relationships or organization or even business, but the thing is, we're doing it together, and we have intentionality. And like I said, through progress over perfection, life happens. Kid, like we were talking about before we started recording, kids get sick, um, mm-hmm. work gets crazy, we're in the field, or it won't stop raining. You know, it's the chaos. basement floods. Oh, the basement floods, and you have to rip out literally everything. So when it comes to building habits. There is less value in this like super diehard strict regimen that you can't maintain and a lot more value found in the intentionality that comes from something going awry, having to stand back up, recommit, and try again. That's how we build sustainable habits that we don't have to think about forever because they just become part of who we are. So UDU82 is totally free. Anyone can start anytime. I'm currently doing a little baby sister, little little sister version of it that I created when I was like really in the thick of like a mental health journey at the end of last year, exact same concept, just 32 days for when 82 just feels freaking impossible, or you mm-hmm. just need a little baby jumpstart. So yeah, all the information's available on my website. You can go to UDU82.com. We have a Facebook group. I got podcast episodes about it. I got habit trackers. I got workbooks. It's a whole shebang and I love it.
1: Oh, I think <laughs> this is fantastic because So often, and I talked about it a lot at the beginning of 2023 through podcast episodes and videos, but we get caught up in these achievements and these mile markers and what you said too, like you can be in these programs that help you and they do get you to transform. But Mm -hmm. what happens when you reach the end of that program and you don't have those five check marks to achieve every single time? And it's more about who you become in the process and working towards how do you want to feel on the inside? Who is that person that you see yourself being at the end of these 82 days, rather than saying, I'm going to do 82 days in a row of checking off this box. It's like, Mm -hmm. I see in 82 days from now that I'm someone who is a runner. Mm -hmm. I see myself as someone who is happy, is Mm -hmm. joyful, is down on the floor playing with her kids rather than scrolling on her phone on the couch. Mm -hmm. So, it's more about the person you become. And I love that you do you allows everybody who participates to have accountability, to have support, to have structure, but also work towards the things that matter to them so they can become that person on the other side.
0: Exactly. And that's where you have to get so intentional and get really honest with yourself. This isn't trying to do the things that you did as a college athlete, this isn't the lifestyle you had before you had kids. And this also isn't trying to get you immediately to where you hope to be someday. This is getting really honest with like, what do I actually need in this season to get me closer to my goals? Like meeting myself where I'm at. And I've even fell captive to that. Um, In that time period where I was like running half marathons and I was super intentional with habits, like I have fallen into the trap of even recently comparing myself to that. Well, if I could do it then, why well, can't do it now. Well, I went through like one heck of like a mental health journey at the end of last year. I was in therapy. I was going through a lot emotionally, just a lot of processing that was decades overdue. And it was completely unfair to myself to hold myself to a standard in an entirely different state of being. And it's not to say I will never do that again, or I will never be in that space, but like try, it wasn't comparing apples to apples. It was Mm -hmm. like, what do I actually need? right now. What is my this season of life look like? What is going to make me feel the way I want to feel and also love myself and embrace myself and celebrate myself along the way. Oh, and
1: I think especially for rural women, this is such a good reminder and I want to dig into all of the things you just said, but first like just as rural women, a lot of times we do get stretched thin by motherhood, jobs, Community volunteerism, community activism, you know, we are all it's so involved, I feel like, as rural women, and we want to be, but that's where we can really stack up and say, I have all of these things to do, define ourselves by the roles that we play. And then at some point, you look up and you're like, but where did I go? And like, then you can start that shame spiral of like, well, I used to be able to do this. What's wrong with me now? And I think even just bringing up that there are seasons to life that can really shift a person's mindset. Mm -hmm. And that can be transformational. And so in the last couple of years working with rural women, and I feel this, I don't know, I want to hear your opinion, but I feel like collectively in 2022, women as a whole just went through this season where Mm -hmm. things like, it was like we were coming off of what 2020 and 2021 did to us. And then 2022 was almost like the reckoning year where we kind of had to deal with the fallout and figure out what do I want to carry forward? What do I want to leave behind? But I feel like last year was just a really trying time. And a lot of the women that I work with and talk to, there were a lot of similar themes. Mm -hmm. Did you experience any of that with your coaching clients? And what were some of those themes and trends if you saw them?
0: Yeah, I think one thing that really speaks out to me, which now looking back in the journey that I already described, I so identify with, I just didn't necessarily have the words for at the time is there so many of us who have this kind of like unsettled feeling um we have gone through all of all the boxes elementary school middle school high school being in all of the clubs playing the sports volunteering like getting into the good college um finding picking the right major taking all of the classes getting the internship getting the job getting married having the babies doing the the baby toddler thing. like we have done it all and what we were promised is here are the steps to happiness. Here's what success is going to look like. And we do it all. We're like, life is good, right? We got the bar or, or maybe there's bad things happening too, but like everything looks picture perfect as we planned, but something doesn't feel right. Like I'm so grateful for my life. Like who am I to want something different? What does that even look like? Like, what do I actually want? And I have to wonder, um, I was talking about this on a, a different podcast the other day, Is like, is this the midlife crisis that people used to talk about, and now we just have more language around it? Like, is, maybe, maybe there is something to this that it's our generation that's willing to act on it. You know, we're not in a, a culture or a space where you have to work for the same company for 50 years anymore, but- I digress. Um. No, I love that because I was going
1: through some of those same thoughts just yesterday. Like internally, I really was like, oh my gosh, maybe this is the midlife crisis phase. But anyway, go on.
0: Yeah. But I just think that, you know, we've checked all of these boxes, but there's still some part of us that is like, is this what I'm meant to be doing with my life? And I think a lot of times it is because we are living into someone else's expectations, whether we realize it or not, whether it's our own self imposed. Um, expectations that we just like collected from everyone along the way, whether it's what our parents thought was best for us, whether it's what our husband's vision is, whether it's what we're hearing from our in-laws or our communities or our friends or our social circles. It's like we've done all of these things that we were supposed to do. And now we're like, is it? Is this it? And I think there's like a, my husband and I were just talking about this the other night of like, what's the line between like chasing and contentment? is like, you know, cause on, on one side of it, it's like, you can always be looking to the next thing. You can always be goal chasing, but is that like trying to fill a void that will never be filled because it's like shiny object syndrome. And then what's also like, what is contentment versus complacency and like sitting in gratitude for what you have and like making the, the most of the season that you're in. And it's like, there's, we're, we're constantly trying to navigate this relationship between the two. And that's where I feel like it can be so powerful to be intentional with what do we actually want? And what, what does the dream vision for our life look like? And I think where a lot of people get this wrong is we think big dreams means like, running the marathon, starting a business, being a CEO, like boss, babe, like that's great if that's what you want. But deciding that you want to live on 80 acres with chickens and homeschool your children, like that's also a dream. And so I think that's where it can be so purposeful for us in this season to be like, what do I actually want my life to look like? When I wake up on a random Tuesday, like how do I want to feel what does our day feel like how am I spending my time like who is this like ideal version of myself and what changes what habits what people can I add or shift or tweak in my life right now to match that um this like if we're constantly looking towards oh someday well we're never going to get there and even when we do we're already going to be on the next thing that's like the have you read The Gap and The Gain? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, so good. It's like, if you're always living in the gap, you're never gonna feel good about where you're at. So mm. for me, I think it, it it's really helping women get clear on what they actually want and then build their life around that. So that yes, we are obviously like holding space for these goals and dreams and visions that we have for our life, but we are in deep intentional gratitude for what we have and what our day looks like. and like joy and satisfaction in what we're doing because we're not waiting until someday to do it. We are building the life that we dream of today one step at a time
1: oh, I think that you hit the nail on the head with all of this because I think you said maybe we're the generation that's at af- like that's pursuing this, that's asking these questions, that's putting language around some of these feelings. and I a hundred percent I I think that for so many years, like women, you know, fit into the roles. They saw what was expected of them and they fit that. And there wasn't room to ask the question, is this what I want? There wasn't room to ask the question, is this my purpose or is this somebody else's? And I do think that this season that we are in 2023 and all of that we have collectively experienced is making those of us right now who are at a certain age, like, you know, we're asking, like, is this what I want going forward? And there's room now to change your mind. And there's room now to say, I wanted this for a little bit, but now I want something else. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean it's easy. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you're not going to like question yourself or you're going to get pushback from certain people or, you know, places or how you it was expected that you would be. But I think we just now have a whole generation of women who are saying. I think I want to give myself that that space to pursue something else. Right.
0: Right. And it doesn't even have to be like jumping off the deep end and changing careers or starting a right. business. Like it can be like micro changes, which is where the habits comes into play. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want a different job or I love my role as a mom and I love what I get to do on the farm, but like, I still don't feel good. Okay, well that's where it comes into like building what your reality looks like on a daily basis. Changing the habits to meet how you want to feel, how you want your day to be structured. It doesn't necessarily have to be these huge mega things to be intentional and to be purposeful and to be building your dream life.
1: Oh, I like that you said that because yes, everybody's got something different that fulfills them mm-hmm. and it yes, I 100% agree. You don't always have to be reaching for more just reaching for intention.
0: Right. Well, and more, more looks different. Do you want more space? Do you want more intentionality? Do you want more peace? Do you want more joy? Do you want more health? Like, I think a lot of times we look at more like accumulating accolades or accumulating material things or accumulating accomplishments and knowing that you're made for more Is really like knowing you're made for more than just showing up and being a passenger in your life. That's gonna go on a quote card. That's good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. There's like two more things that I really want to touch on. I'm like, oh my gosh, I already know that this is gonna be tight (laughs) on time, but that's okay. One of one of the things I really admire about you, and you've brought this up already a couple of different times is that you take people along for the journey. So it's not like you are someone who is up on a pedestal. You're that guru that has all the answers. I love that in your day-to-day Instagram stories, you're showing the real side. And like you talked Mm -hmm. about, like late 2021, or sorry, 2022, what year is it? Late (laughs) 2022, you said (laughs) you went through like some, a season in your mental health that you really had to work through. And I love that you showed up and you're talking about it. And um, recently you started a series called Unsettled to Unstoppable. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that means and what you're showing your community on your daily Instagram stories?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I, I think that unsettled thing, it goes back to a lot of pieces of the conversation we've had of just like this feeling of something's not right and I need to make a change. And towards the end of last year, I got to another point in my life where I felt that, like things were so good. Like I accomplished everything I wanted to last year. I started a podcast. I launched a website. I started virtual masterminds. I was hosting like a million of them at one point. I launched a retreat, like without sounding like a douche canoe, like I did it. But it involved so, So much inner work for me and really brought a lot of things to light that I didn't even realize I had still been struggling with. Traumas from my past and like really psychological warfare within myself that I recognize like this is a bottleneck that is not only going to always make my life harder in business, but is now starting to eat me from the inside out. And I truly know. That everything that happened last year had to break me open before I had a moment where I was like, "I need help." And um, I recorded a podcast episode about this because literally there was a day in I think October where I was like, "I cannot feel this way anymore. I don't know why, but I am broken." And things are good and I'm happy. My joy, like, I I wasn't broken in the way I feel like I saw other people feeling broken, but it was like, even with all of this goodness around me, there was just part of me that was cracking from the inside out. And so I was like, something's wrong and I got to feel better. So I, I got connected with a therapist. I booked a functional health appointment. I hired a copywriter and I hired a housekeeper all in the matter of like an afternoon. Cause I was like, I just can't, I just can't, I, something's got to change and I don't know what it is, but I'm doing everything at once. Okay. Um, and that's when I I started therapy and gosh, what a blessing. It's so funny because looking back, I forever have been like therapy's for everyone. Everyone needs therapy. This is great. But I had such a weird complex around starting therapy because I was like, like, I feel like I'm making this up or I don't, I don't really need this. What am I even going here for? What do I even have to talk about? I've already dealt with that. Like, I'm fine. I'm good and wow, was I not fine or good. Um, and it has just been such a blessing for me not to say that it was easy because it was really freaking hard. Like, I don't think I've ever cried so many tears Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the night. Um, and I really like, I've never ever had a season of my life where I was like struggling to get out of bed and like show up. And then mind you, like, I'm also doing that while trying to serve people Mm -hmm. and be a mom and like hold my business together. And I don't know how much a lot of people could even tell how much I was struggling or how much there was like in me that I needed to work through. But I just really hung on to the hope that this is going to be worth it. And the only way to get through a hard season is get through. And after gosh decades of like i'm going to push this down because i know what i need to do to move forward and like feel better um i know the habits like i know all of these things i literally talk about habits all the time but i could not i was like i have to feel this suck i have to sit with this i have to process this i have to learn from where i'm at right now and i i just knew that on the other side of that and not saying i'm even all the way through it i was like There is going to be lightness and goodness and freedom on the other side of digging into this crap and getting on the other side. And actually last night I did EMDR therapy for the first time. Oh, I forgot what the acronym stands for. It's like eye desensitization reprocessing, uh, something like that. Uh, And man, that was a wild ride. It's like... um, it's like a bilateral brain stimulation using like rapid eye movement to engage different parts of like your brain and your subconscious to like reprocess memories and like traumatic things that have happened. And when I say trauma, I think that we have like a really narrow minded view of what trauma means. You know, we think of, of war veterans or, you know, really extreme cases of abuse or different things like that. But the reality is like, we have all experienced micro traumas. Some people call them little T traumas that have deeply impacted the way we show up in the world and still dictate our day-to-day operation. And I mean, I am not speaking at this as any kind of expert on this because I've had one session, but it was wild what came up and like where we started with what I thought I needed to process to like the mass realization that I had that I know is affecting the way I show up in my business and the way I show up in life. And it was like, okay, I don't really know where we go from here. There's definitely a lot to unpack here, but it was like this weight of like, now that we are opening this up and scratching the surface, it's like, now I can let go and reprogram and process and move forward because I don't want these things to like constantly dictate my like decision making on a daily basis. Like I want my inner working to match what I confidently know is true. Mm -hmm. Like I have no problem dreaming the dream, saying the goal, saying I'm going to get it and I will get there. I know it. But like I had been at psychological warfare with myself every step of the way. And it was no one else's expectations or thought processes other than my own. And I think one of the hardest parts of being in the personal development space is like trying to coach yourself out of it. And I was like, I know all the tools. I know all the things. I've read all the books. I listen to the podcast. I can help other people, but I am in in a state of brokenness where I cannot help myself. And so I think that it has been really important for me, although weird to share pieces of that journey, because I think I also have this weird, like, oh my gosh, if I talk about this, people are going to be like, oh, blah, 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 you just want attention. Like, no, I don't. But I know that I have the gift of influence, I guess. that's yeah, like yes. again. And I think it's really important that we see representation of what mental health looks like for other people. Um, The reason I ended up in therapy is because my friends had been talking about their experiences in therapy and the realizations they had been having and stuff that I connected with that I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. And so I think the more that we see regular people that we know sharing what that journey looks like, the more it it normalizes the experience of recognizing the ways we're not okay and accessing help because we always think someone else has it worse. We there's there's a phrase for that, but like a lot of times we don't get the help that we need because we put ourselves in a situation where like, oh, that's for someone else. Someone else has been through worse. Mm -hmm. Like I can, I should be able to handle this. I have been handling it. And Yeah, I have been handling it. And honestly, I would have gone through my rest of my life totally fine because I would have done what I've always done. I would have pushed it down, pushed through, like helped myself enough to feel enough better that I would just continue the trajectory forward. Mm -hmm. But I was willing to admit that it was bigger than I could handle and I needed help. And I want to help more people recognize when they need help and whether that's therapy or or outsourcing or in your relationship or with your friends like i want to be a part of the conversation that allows us to say i'm not okay and i can't do this on my own
1: and i think this goes along with our earlier discussion about seasons and it brings in habits too because when we go through these seasons and maybe i'm just assuming but like you're a high achiever um do you know what your enneagram is
0: Three. I was going to guess way. that.
1: Yes. Cause I'm a three as well. And so everything you were saying about like recognizing a problem, stuffing down the emotions, putting into plan a series of action steps so you can work around these stupid emotions and get mm-hmm. to the other side of whatever you're working through. Like that works in different seasons, mm-hmm. but there are points if we don't deal with it, that these things will just cycle up again and again, and it might show up in different areas. But as a business owner or as a mom, there comes a time where you're mm-hmm. like, I have to confront what it is. Mm-hmm. And like you did in last fall, like mm-hmm. you either can keep putting uh, actions in place or you can deal with what's really underneath. Mm-hmm. And it's so important that as a leader, specifically a leader of rural women, that we because sometimes there can still be these stigmas that exist primarily in these smaller communities where maybe there isn't a lot of access to this kind of yes. care or where the, we don't see a lot of people going to these things. It's so important that using your influence, and mm-hmm. I don't say that lightly, like this is a good thing to use influence for, like it's good to show that. And I know that mm-hmm. for me, a few years ago, I was sitting around a table of women and somehow the topic of therapy came up and every single woman around that table said, well, I went to therapy when, and it was like, Mm -hmm. how come we don't talk about this in Mm -hmm. real, like everyday conversations? I was kind of blown away because I hadn't been to therapy at that point. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, it is still so like sheltered and we don't talk about Mm -hmm. it enough. And I think that if we are the generation that's asking, am I feeling fulfilled? I think we're also the generation that says it's okay to get help when you know you need it. And that's everything from what you just said, but I'm like, I think that all just ties everything we've talked about up into this is what you're doing because this is your life's purpose and this is how you're helping women. That's Mm -hmm. so great.
0: Yeah. And I love that you said uh, the two things like being a mom, like that was my first big push into personal growth because like having the confidence as a newborn mom to do, to trust your intuition and do what you know is best outside of what everyone is telling you. That's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. That's like the first time I learned to really trust myself. But then even like now as my kids are older, it's bringing up a lot for me about my experience in my childhood. And I think that's like the age that my son is at, I think is like there were a lot of trigger points where i was like oh i have to deal with this or i'm going to repeating cycles that i don't want to pass on mm-hmm. um and i think you know business ownership or anything where you are creating and putting yourself out there and you are the one behind it whether it's content creation or or coaching or or running a restaurant like when your heart and soul and vision is wrapped into this we were talking about this before we started recording with the retreat it's like there are so many parts of yourself that you have to work through, or you're gonna make yourself crazy. Like it is the most forceful form of personal growth because you have to think like, why is this hard for me? Why am I procrastinating on this? Like there are habits and mindsets and like our inner workings that don't come to life when we are in a position where we're working for someone else because we're maybe on a team or like we know what the expectations are and we know exactly you know, what we need to do to be successful so we can just carry on with that. But when it's like you, yourself and I, or even if you've like hired other people or people are watching, like you have to dig into that Mm -hmm. because more than any other situation, you are the bottleneck. And if there's something that's holding you back on the inside, like it is going to impact the way you show up everywhere else. Oh my gosh.
1: We could talk for like three more
0: (laughs) hours, I think.
1: But we are close on time. So Emily, we always end with what is called the small talk round. And I am going to incorporate some of your exciting retreat because we didn't even get to talk about retreats yet. (laughs) But first, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? So if they want more, they can go follow you and connect.
0: Absolutely. So I am Emily Rushel, like everywhere on social media, E-M-I-L-Y-R-E-U-S-C-H-E-L. My website is emilyrushell.com. Um, my podcast is called Gather in Growth because I just really love bringing people together in community for the intention of growing.
1: Uh, and I should say we have a mutual friend, Jill Carr. So if you haven't listened to okay. Jill's podcast episode, go back just a few before this and listen to Jill's because Jill is who introduced us and she is just a sweetheart and I love her. <laughs>
0: She's so good. And I interviewed you on Gather Growth. Yes. So go back a few months earlier.
1: (laughs) I think it was like, it was last fall, (laughs) like October, maybe. I don't know. Time is weird these days. It's so weird. Um, Okay. So with our small talk round, I always ask a few off the cuff, unprepared questions. So we will dig into that if you're okay. You good with that? That's great. Okay. Question number one, what are two things that as you're working, you always keep within arm's reach?
0: Ooh, love this question um something to drink um right now it is my coffee stoke cold brew with a little bit of chocolate <gasps> syrup nice um, i love
1: stoke mm,
0: so good um otherwise it is like my big gallon jug of water and it feels like such like a lame cop-out answer but like my phone is like
1: I get that a lot from people. I have been asking that question a lot because it's just so fascinating and phone is, I would say over 70% of responses.
0: Yeah. And I would like to not have it next to me, but it's such an interesting situation when you like are creating content and like, you gotta be on Instagram for work, but also like, am I just scrolling TikTok because I'm scrolling TikTok? Like navigating those lines has been a big part of the last couple months for me
1: (laughs) it is yeah those boundaries are hard to nail down yeah all right question number two so your ascend retreats are uh, they are so awesome so I'm gonna have you tell us who those are for but like if you could pick anywhere to host a retreat what is your bucket list retreat hosting locale
0: Love that. Okay. So the next one I'm doing is in Branson. Um, My highest request after the last retreat was to do one drivable in the Midwest. So I found this fantastic house in Branson, Missouri. Um, But I really like every time I host an event, I want to go somewhere different. Like it will never be the kind of thing where I'm like, this is the house in this state that we always go to. Like we're going somewhere different every time. Mm. I definitely want to go to the mountains I don't know. Maybe that's Colorado. Maybe that's somewhere else. Um, I would love to go somewhere that's like, I don't know, maybe like East coast. Like Maine is beautiful. I worked for a summer camp in Maine, like totally parent trap style one year. Like the girls would come uniforms, stay for the whole summer, like the whole shebang. And it was beautiful. So that'd be great. I would love to do an international retreat, like Italy. Like why not? Right. Dream Um. Yeah, and I I actually haven't said this anywhere else out loud yet, but I am a summer camp counselor at heart. Like summer camp through and through. I was a camp director, camp counselor from the time I was not a camper until like basically I met my husband. Um so I would really love to host a like summer camp style personal growth weekend. Like not yeah. a conference, not a retreat, like a little bit in between like We're going to go hiking, we're going canoeing, we're going horseback riding, but like, we're also going to really dig in and do like personal growth workshops and stuff. Like, that's actually like my dream. Like, oh my gosh, I would be in my element. Oh my gosh. I haven't said that anywhere else. I haven't even said that. Like,
1: yeah. That's a really cool idea though. Like you could have crafts and you could have like, oh my gosh, I can, like, I can picture it all coming together. That would be so cool.
0: Yes. So no, nobody's allowed to steal that idea. But if you want to collab on that, you ho- holler at me because it's happening. Maybe this year. We'll see. Okay. So tell me who, like, let's plug who the retreats are for and what you do with these two. Perfect. Okay. So the retreats are for actually a variety of different types of people. So the common thread is rural women. And some people get kind of hung up on like the term rural, but I'm like, okay, well, that's a little bit easier than saying small town women, ladies connected to agriculture, people who like looking out their bedroom window and seeing corn. Like if you have an association, if you feel connected to like what it means to live in a rural community or a small town, like it's for you. And for women who, gosh, so much like this whole conversation, just like have that, that tug, that like, there's I'm made for more like there's something else for me am, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing but a lot of times even when we recognize okay I'm ready to do something different or I need a change we get like insane analysis paralysis of what that even looks like especially if you're an achiever because you're like well if I'm gonna stop doing this thing that's good I want to make sure I'm doing the next thing right because I'll be mm-hmm. damned if I fail or anyone watches me fail I want to do the next exactly. I want to do it I want to do it good right um so in addition to just like the amount of personal and professional growth that comes through the Ascend Weekend, the incredible community that we build, um, the like really intimate, personalized one-on-one experience, like our biggest intention is helping women get clear on what they really want. We start with some really wide net vision casting and then just really go through a process of workshops and small group sessions and and exercises to get clear on what that means in different areas of our life through different seasons of life and then bring down the focus from, you know, this this big wouldn't it be cool if to like here are 10 things I know that I want to bring to fruition. I want to bring into my life. I want to get really intentional about. And then from there, like even getting laser focused on one goal, whether it's the biggest or the next one or the most important or the one that you need the most support in. And then building a very tactical action plan so that when you go home, you know exactly how you're going to hit the ground running. I hate that feeling when you go to like a personal growth related thing and you like are so fired up and you're like, Woo-hoo, gonna take the world. and then you get home and on Monday morning, you open your laptop and you're like, Hey, now know what? Like, no, I want you to, I want you to get home and be like, here are the first five steps and here's what I need to do. And here's what I need to make happen. So it is a very community focused weekend. We all stay in the same house, like attendees, coaches, photographer, caterer, not even caterer. She is a literal personal chef. She's been on the food network. Oh my gosh. She's the mom.com. But like I said, I was a camp counselor. So intentional community is really important to me. Um, I think that there's so much value in the like in between downtimes. Like it's not like the kind of conference where, Oh, we're done at seven o'clock. Now go back to your room and don't talk to anyone. Like no, we're sitting. We're making friendship bracelets. We're we're hanging out on the couch. We're vision dreaming over a cup of coffee first thing in the morning. Like this is inclusive, and I think that there was a few people who were like, "Oh my gosh, this is gonna be people overload." But we build in downtime. Like this is also a lot of people's only opportunity to get away, and so mm-hmm. you know in, when we were in Destin in November, like there was time to go walk on the beach or lay by the pool or sit and journal or go rest your eyes. So. Yeah, I guess to bring it back to the original question now that I've given you a 10 and a half minute response. I actually don't know if I've been watching time, but it's for rural women who just feel that that tug of um, there's a change I want to make in my life. There's a change I want to make in my business. Or, you know, I just want I wanna get clear on what my priorities are and I want to fully step into that. And I need help getting clear. I need that nudge. I need other rural women who get what my life looks like to look me in the eye and say, yes, that's possible. Of course you can do that. And here's how we're going to do it together. Oh,
1: Emily, you have been so much fun to have here today. So thank you. And we will make sure to link to everything in the show notes, on the blog, so that everybody listening can go connect with you and, you know, grow together.
0: Great. Absolutely. Thank you very oh my much. Gosh. Thank you.
1: Hey friend, thank you so much for listening in to The Found Podcast. If you loved what you heard in today's episode, please head over to The Found Podcast on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. It means so much to know how you think about these episodes where I pour out my heart or to know what strategies you found most effective from our guest experts. While you're there, you can also check out that library of 100 plus episodes of stories of female founders and successful strategies for getting found in your business. Thank you again for being here this week and I'll be back with even more in next week's episode.